Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It is Dr. Lee Warren here on the Self-Brain Surgery Podcast, 31 August 2023. Shout out to my mom and dad. It's their anniversary today. Happy anniversary, mom and dad. I'm sure I'm glad you're married. (laughs) So I got here. Listen, friend, it's almost the end of All In August, and I hope you've had a good time kind of getting your brain on going all in, pursuing the things that God's calling you to, learning how to stand up to the massive things that come along and and all the different ways that we've tried to go all in this month. I just became aware of a problem with the podcast feed. There are some podcast services that haven't been updating the episodes since August 13th. Spotify is one of them. It looks like uh, some users of Apple may not have seen a new episode in a couple of weeks either. And Substack is working on what the problem is. I'm not sure exactly what's going on. But there have been new episodes almost every day. If you if you hear this today and you realize you haven't seen a new episode in a while, go back to Substack, drleewarren.substack.com. They're all there. And so if your podcast provider is missing some episodes, you can find them all on Substack. So just check that out. We're working to identify and solve the problem. If you use Spotify, then please just use something else until they figure out what's going on. It's one thing that's a little bit frustrating about content creation and that sort of thing is you don't really have any control. Once I push publish, then there's a lot of uh, third parties that have everything to do with whether you get to hear or read what I write. Just hang in there with me. Let me know if you're having an issue with your podcast provider. So the more information that I get about whatever that problem might be, then the better. Listen, we're going into September. Tomorrow is September 1st. 2023. We're going into the last part of this year. College football is coming. Shout out to our friend Vince Genitone, Val and Kristen Genitone. They moved here with us uh, from Casper to help us set up this neurosurgery program. Al and Kristen have been instrumental in our success here and are our very best friends, and they're just incredible people. Their son, Vince, is a superstar athlete, was the football or the athlete of the year for the state of Nebraska, two-time state uh, Nebraska State Wrestling Champion in high school and received a scholarship to play football at Montana and he redshirted last year so this year this Saturday will be his first time appearing in a college football game so we're praying for Vince and all those kids across the country that are getting their start and whatever they're doing and uh, we're praying for Vince that he'll have an exceptional career not just because of his athleticism he's a superstar freakish athlete but he's also just a really good kid a really solid young man who loves jesus and we're praying for events so if you have a chance to find the university of montana grizzlies football game this saturday on tv check it out look for number 45 and old vince genitone will be out there playing football he's a defensive uh, linebacker and also on special teams and just know that Vince is going to do some great things in college. I also have had two dogs up with me since four o'clock. The dogs have been sick. They haven't been sleeping well. They got into something out in the field and we're convinced that they've received some sort of poison. They're both losing weight. The vets can't figure it out. They just don't have any energy. And so they're not doing great, but the side effect of that has been that they sleep all day and then they're not sleeping at night, so they're getting up early. And so you may hear a dog whimper or fuss or ask for a treat or something during this episode. And if you do, say hi to Harvey and Lewis. It'll be okay. Listen, 
last year in September, we did 30 good decisions. I encouraged you. And every day we talked about one decision that we could make for that day that would move the needle and make things better and just have one day that something changed in your life. And I thought that was a good idea. And this month, I want to test out a theory. If if we're really saying, if we really believe that you can't change your life until you change your mind, if you really believe that, and if we've talked over and over again about the neurochemistry and the neuroanatomy and the neuroscience and neurobiology and epigenetics and all the things that are true that we know now that how we think affects how we live, that how we think changes the cellular environment in our brains, how we think influences the dopamine and serotonin and other neurotransmitter releases in our brains. How we think affects the hormones, how we think affects the way our DNA replicates, how we think affects our offspring's DNA and their baseline emotional states. How we think is everything about how we live, which is why Romans 12.2 has become my self-brain surgery theme verse, which is don't be conformed to how the world wants you to think. Don't be conformed to the world any longer, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the second half of that verse is, then you will be able to test and approve what is God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. So so check it out. One of our problems is we are conforming to the way the world wants us to think. We are accepting ideas from culture. We are mindlessly scrolling and allowing other people on social media to influence our thinking. We are buying into the common cultural assertion these days that the most important thing is to follow your heart or follow your desire or follow what makes you happy. And we're forgetting to notice the result of that. We're forgetting to do the test and approve part of Romans 12 too. Test and approve. We're just accepting. We're conforming. And I would suggest that if you really want to change your mind and you really want to change your life, you want to develop resilience against the massive thing, you want to develop the ability to absorb these blows that life's going to throw at you and still be able to step into that abundance that Jesus promised in John 10.10, where he says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. If you want to find out about that, then it's time to do some testing. We're going to reach for a radical mind shift to find some radical results in our lives then we're going to have to test and approve the stuff that actually works. So rather than just trying to make 30 good decisions this year, we're going to go a little bit deeper on the neuroscience side, a little bit deeper on the spiritual side. We're going to try to marry those two things together in a self-brain surgery context that will actually move the needle by testing and approving the things that actually work to help us become healthier and feel better and be happier. And before we can do that, before we can change our minds, before we can change our lives, we have to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it, and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is, you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done. If you like the show, 
please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, I'm... I'm laughing because Lewis is over there asleep on his bed, and you can probably hear him snoring like an old man. It's hilarious. So this episode is probably going to feature some dog noise. I'm just going to have to deal with it because they're, they're asleep on their beds finally. Lisa's uh, still asleep. Finally, she had a rough night, and we got some phone calls and just a rough night, so she's getting a little bit of sleep. Tata's doing his thing, and we're going to babysit the dogs, okay? So if you want this episode, you're going to have some dog noise, so we're going to get after it. Listen, you may not realize it, but you're thinking, especially if you're in the younger generations, probably 60 and under, your, your thinking has been highly influenced by a psychiatrist named Sigmund Freud. In Western culture, there's 100 people in 122 countries last week listened to this podcast. So the ones of you who are in the West, especially, have been influenced, whether you know it or not, by Sigmund Freud's thinking. Before Freud came along, before Freud came along, most of Western thought was highly shaped by Augustine. St. Augustine of Hippo, this guy that was a, a well-known philosopher who came up with the idea that really was the, the first beginning of what now would be considered existentialism, although quite a different twist on it that Augustine had. The idea was Augustine believed that the basic problem of the human society, the human condition, is that our desires are disordered. Our loves, the things that we love, are disordered. In his view, humans are created by God who is love and were created for love. So we're lovers first and thinkers second. And primarily we live out of desire, not out of a rational thought. And if you think about that for a second, you'll probably see that it rings true in your life. Like you, you constantly have, I want, I need, I feel kinds of things that pop into your head and your heart. And we make decisions and we move about our lives moving towards the things that we desire before we even think about them sometimes. It's just how it is. So Augustine was the first one to articulate that. In his view, the problem isn't that we don't love things. It's that we love the wrong stuff or we get the things that we love in the wrong order. It's not wrong to love your spouse, but it's wrong to love your spouse more than you love God. And if you get it out of order, you'll never be really happy because the the more tightly you hold on to something that you could lose, my second book, The Things We Think We Know in the subtitle, the more you hold on to things that circumstances could take from you, or the more you hold on to things that you think you need that might have their own opinion or feeling and they may not, may not need you or value you in the same way that you feel like you need them or value them. Or the more you think you need to be a superstar athlete or to have sex with a particular person, the more that you think you have to have that thing. If you lose that thing, guess what? You're not going to be happy. But when you have God in first place, everything else seems to fall in line and your, and your loves become properly ordered. That was Augustine, kind of felt that way. Yeah, and started thinking about this, frankly, to tell you about this episode. When I saw Randy Alcorn posted day before yesterday on Instagram, actually yesterday, he said something that crystallized my thinking on this as I was trying to decide what I was going to talk to you about today. And Randy Alcorn on Instagram said, Every thirst for beauty is a thirst for Christ. Every taste of joy is but a foretaste of more vibrant joy than can presently be found on earth. One day we'll realize 
that as we went down every dead-end street pursuing what we thought we wanted, it was really him we were searching for, longing for, and he alone could ever only satisfy us. Randy Alcorn said that in his book, Face to Face with Jesus. Listen, that's the whole message of Psalm 37.4. We've talked about how Psalm 37, this fret not yourself verse, is so important to us in changing our minds. But Psalm 37.4 is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's Augustine in a nutshell, okay? He's basically taking that from Psalm 37.4. If you line your heart up, you line your desires up with what God wants for you, you'll never lack in this life. And no matter what happens and your circumstances come along, your son dies or something terrible occurs, you, your husband gets glioblastoma, then you still will have a, a framework for a solid life that can still be hopeful and meaningful and purpose-filled, even if you lose those things that you thought you knew, even if your circumstances don't seem pleasant. This is how, as Viktor Frankl said, you turn suffering into not suffering when you give it meaning and purpose. This is how humans can have the same mind that can invent a gas chamber and yet also can walk into those gas chambers with the Shema Yisrael or the Lord's Prayer on their lips. They have suffering transformed by meaning and purpose. That's Augustine, and it's what Psalm 37 for. You give your delights to the Lord, and He'll give you everything else in the proper context that won't corrode and fade and change and decay with time. Here's the problem. Somewhere along the way in the 20th century, Sigmund Freud came along, and Freud says, wait a second. It's not God you want to pursue. It's your feelings. It's your desires. You want, to, you want to pursue what makes you happy. And it's funny because Freud's been largely discredited as a, as a psychiatrist. His psychotherapy ideas have largely been tossed aside. He got most everything wrong if you read what modern psychiatrists and psychologists think. But his worldview stuck. And I think it's stuck because it gives us permission to chase after the things that we think we want. Remember, though, that you have an enemy. If you're not a spiritual person, just evaluate this scientifically and look at the results of people who pursue their desires and see how it makes them happy. As Dr. Phil always says, how's it working for you? And just ask yourself the question. If you get up to August 31st, 2023, and you're listening to this podcast, I would suggest that there's a pretty high chance that there's some things in your life that you're not quite happy with, that you've been chasing something or trying to recover from something, or you've been trying to stop something or start something, and there's still not the traction that you want. There's still not the traction that you want, and you're trying to figure it out. I would suggest to you that maybe the results aren't what you want because the method that you're applying isn't the right method. So if we're going into September and we're going to say, hey, we want a radical mind shift here, then we're going to have to evaluate critically, test and approve the things that we've been deciding to pursue or do in response to our desires to see if we can order them in a different way that might produce better results. Wouldn't that be smart? Like just don't let me preach to you and don't say, well, Dr. Warren's telling me I got to read the New Testament or I got to follow this Jesus guy or whatever. Don't do that. Just say, look, I'm looking at my life and I'm saying I made this decision and it didn't produce happiness. I, I feel I feel frustrated at the end of the day and I can't get my mind to stop wandering and I decide I need to have a glass of wine to turn that off and I have end up having two or three instead of one, and then the next day I have a headache, and I don't feel well, and I didn't sleep well, and I'm cloudy when I get up, and, and I don't 
engage with my work the same way that I should and I don't perform as well as I ought to but I still have the same problems and then the next night I'm frustrated about those problems still being there so I do it all over again I'm just saying look at your life look at the way that you've treated the symptoms that you have of whatever it is that goes on in your own mind because all of us have this running conversation with ourselves look at the fruit of your labor and if it's not working well then let's just go into September and let's say, let's take it apart. Let's be good scientists. And remember the scientific method is not big capital S science that tells you that the settled science of vaccinations is there and climate change is settled and all these things are settled. It's not. No science is ever settled, by the way. Think about 200 years ago, the very smartest scientists in the world thought that some things were settled and they weren't. The earth was not, in fact, flat and the sun was not, in fact, the the earth was not, in fact, the center of the solar system and all that. So smart people can be wrong about scientific things. And that's why the scientific method, the small s science, real science, says never get too comfortable in your own skin when you think of something keep testing it so come up with a theory with a hypothesis test that hypothesis and if it doesn't prove out to be true then revise the hypothesis our problem is we've been listening to freud too long and freud says whatever you want is the right thing for you. You go chase it. You go have it. You go sleep with it. You go drink it. You go eat it. You go steal for it. You go do whatever because your feelings, buddy, are facts and your feelings are what you ought to be pursuing. And it turns out that doesn't work very well. Before Freud, Augustine said human flourishing is about saying yes to the right desires, ordering your desires and your loves properly. The higher desires for love, say no to the lower things, the baser things, the more appetite-driven types of things. By the way, there's a great book called Live No Lies from John Mark Comer that talks about this very well, heavily influenced by his thinking on this. But after Freud... Freud came up with these ideas that we now use, and we don't even think about them. Where people say, hey, the heart wants what it wants. Follow your heart. You do. You just, whatever you feel is right. Everything happens for a reason. Just do it. Live your truth. Be true to yourself. That's all Freud. You may not realize it, but that didn't come because God's calling you to believe that stuff. That came because Freud came along and enabled people to think that they were good by following what they felt. That should land on you pretty hard because before Freud, good was defined as being good, doing good, pursuing good. Now good is defined as following whatever you want, whatever you think will make you happy. That's what Freud said, and that's what people thinks. Freud says the reason you're not happy is because other people are telling you that you can't do things and you ought to do whatever you feel like. That's what Freud did, okay? A largely discredited psychiatrist has had a huge impact on our worldview, our Weltanschauung. If you've read my new book, Hope is the First Dose, you'll talk, there's a chapter about worldview. How we see the world affects everything about what we decide to do and how we perceive everything. For Freud, happiness has become about feeling good, not being good. And so theology then, as John Mark Comer said, theology turns into therapy. So instead of pursuing God's will for your life, you get a therapist to enable you to think the way you think and feel what you feel and pursue what you want. Biblical interest in righteousness is replaced by a search for happiness and happiness being defined as whatever makes you feel good instead of being defined as how the Bible defines it. Holiness has been replaced by wholeness. 
Truth has been replaced by feeling. Ethics have been replaced by feeling good about yourself. And so John Mark Comer says, the world shrinks to the range of your personal circumstances. The community of faith shrinks to a circle of personal friends. The past recedes. The church recedes. We're in the post-modern, post-Christian worldview. And all that remains is you and what you want. Self is the new God, Comer says. Self is the new spiritual authority. Self is the new morality. Here's the problem, though. This puts a crushing weight on yourself that was never meant to bear because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am not strong enough to hold up to these problems that life throws at me. And when the massive thing occurs, friend, I will tell you that you're pursuing whatever makes you feel good will not make you feel good and will not help you survive the massive thing. It will not help you have the juice to get back up after your son is stabbed to death. It will not help you after she cheats or he leaves or the tumor comes back. Pursuing happiness won't do it. It will not. You've got to have something deeper than that. You've got to have something deeper. Here's some things that... The, Augustine gave us this idea, this early idea of existentialism, and he realized that idolatry, if you define idolatry as putting something in in the place of God or bigger than God or more important than God or that you're willing to pursue more vigorously than you pursue God, Augustine said it's clear that type of idolatry is more caught than taught. It's more environmental than instinctual. We're taught that by our society, by our parents, by our worldview. We're taught that feelings are facts. And if you don't believe me, look at school. Look at what's happening in our public schools. Our kids are taught, oh, you feel like you're a different gender than you were born with? That's okay. You can be whatever you want. Just don't tell your parents. You don't have to tell your parents. That's This is happening in our school systems, friend, where children are being taught to pursue feelings over facts. Children are being taught to pursue their personal desires over any sort of spiritual guidance. So idolatry then is being trained up, we're being trained up to pursue bigger than God as our own feelings being bigger than God. People's idolatries that James Smith said in the book On the Road with St. Augustine, people's idolatries often reflect their environments. We practice our way into idolatry. So here's the point of this episode today. We're going to start tomorrow, but I just want to set it up today by saying we're going to vigorously, rigorously examine the decisions that we make using the self-brain surgery neuroscience angle of how we can actually change our brains and change our bodies and change our genetics and change our offspring by learning how to change differently, to think differently about the things that we feel instead of feeling and making ourselves behave according to our feelings, here's what we're going to do. If it's true that idolatry and pursuit of happiness and and the pursuit of these things that aren't working to help us become healthier and feel better and be happier, if it's true, then if we can practice our way into idolatry, we're going to switch that and practice our way into freedom Instead, Now, that sounds like a contradiction because we think our current worldview in society says freedom is the freedom that you have to do whatever you feel like. But I want to ask you one more time, how's that working for you? Okay? 
If it's not working, if you can't figure out why you're not making progress in recovering from your grief journey, recovering from your loss, if you're not making progress on kicking that habit or changing that behavior that's cost you so much, if you're not finding the spiritual growth that you want, maybe it's because your loves are disordered. Maybe we need to put Freud down and pick Augustine up again. Maybe. Okay? We're going to spend a month practicing our way into freedom because what's really free, Jesus said, I came here to give you freedom. Okay? What the sun sets free, he says, is free indeed. So the problem is if you think that choosing whatever makes you feel good is going to make you free, then just ask yourself again. Let Dr. Phil look at look you in the eyes across the couch and say, how's that working for you? Does pursuing your own feelings in the course of, ca- of calling them freedoms actually make you feel more free or are you actually a slave to some of those things and you can't stop it or you can't change it or you can't start it or you can't fix it? And then maybe we need to redefine freedom as Psalm 37, 4 said, we delight ourselves in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. How about that? <laughs> All right, so that's where we're going to go this coming month. We're going to look vigorously. We are going to pursue changing our minds and understanding that the things that we've been doing haven't been working, and they're not working because our premise has been wrong. We're not pursuing the things that we think will give us abundance because those things were never able to give us abundance. And we need to change our definition. And remember what Randy said, everything we thought we were thirsty for turns out to be really we were thirsty for Jesus and we were just looking in the wrong place. Every taste of joy is but a foretaste of something better. That's what Paul talked about. We're seeing through the the mirror dimly. We're, we're looking through a glass that's dirty and we know there's something better out there on the other side. And everything we're trying here leaves a bad taste in our mouth or it fades too quickly. We drink the water that makes us still thirsty. And Jesus said, I've got something for you, a bread that when you eat it, you won't be hungry anymore, and a water when you drink it, you won't be thirsty anymore. And I'm telling you, friend, your brain is designed to help you produce better feelings and better lives. Your brain is designed to help you operate and navigate this world in a highly efficient and pleasant way because Jesus said it plain, I came here so that you might have abundance. But the enemy, and if you don't believe in the actual literal devil, then just believe that you've got a neurochemical enemy in your brain that is negative at its baseline. It's biased towards negativity. It wants to limit you because all it cares about is survival. It doesn't care about thriving. It cares about not burning your hand on the stove. And so if you're tired of reflexively pulling yourself out of every situation that might offer you some goodness because you're afraid, you're tired of the fear, you're tired of the anxiety, you're tired of the depression, you're tired of the past holding you back, you can't move forward because of the massive thing that's occurred, then I got news for you, friend. There is a way to get there from here. That's the definition of hope. You can remember and move towards hope. You can flex that verb of hope because hope is the first dose of the treatment plan that will help us make progress in our lives in September towards the goal of becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier. And friend, You can't change your life until you change your mind. And all I need you to do is take a month to be a good scientist with me, to learn the practice and the art of self-brain surgery, 
Max Lucado and I are going to sit down on Thursday night of next week, a week from tonight, and we're going to sit down and talk about hope for an hour. Incredible conversation with my favorite pastor and hopefully his favorite neurosurgeon, and we're going to give you some tools that you can use to do this. So we're going to have seven days ahead of that to start thinking critically about the decisions that we make in September, and can we make them in a way that will produce the changes that we want? Can we train ourselves out of this sort of living for whatever makes us feel good and instead live for what really makes us free because we want to be free because that's how we're going to become healthier and feel better and be happier. We're going to change our minds and we're going to change our lives in September. But more importantly, we are going to start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.